Hello, my name is Nathan Foster, and welcome once again to the Renovare Weekly Podcast. Got a fun one for you today. I sat down with Rochelle Parm, talked about a number of things. What gives you life? A little about the beauty of the incarnation, the divine dance of the Trinity, and creativity. Rochelle serves on the Renovare board. She's part of the ministry team. She's a speaker and a writer. You may know her uh, as the author of The Spiritual Formation Primer or from her wonderful blog, Imparting Grace. Enjoy. Rochella, how are you? I'm doing great. Nathan, how are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Spring has come, huh? Right. Spring <laughs> has come with a vengeance here. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm in Durham, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And so we are not very far, just a little farther north than Augusta, Georgia, where the Masters Golf Tournament is held. Okay. And every year when we watch the Masters, we kind of ooh and awe over the azaleas there. And then our azaleas are in full bloom just a little after that. So I don't know if you ever watch golf, but... I, I do not. <laughs> yeah, I, we don't we don't play golf, but watching a golf tournament, the last day of a golf tournament's kind of kind of relaxing, and so every now and then we'll watch one, and that's our favorite because it's so beautiful. The, the springtime, the flowers, right? And the golf is interesting. Yeah, ni- the nice flowers hit. are beautiful. Nice hit, guys, <laughs> but the flowers. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> so good. our azaleas just are just now fading and now our rhododendrons are in bloom so and those are sort of late spring things okay and it's amazing the the flowering trees are already finished and the um azaleas have now faded we're on to the rhododendron the trees are all leafed out and it's it really is a beautiful time mm. to be alive in north carolina so <laughs> you should come visit <laughs> i should i should um, these flowers bring life. They do. Yes. And and actually, I, I I have been kind of overwhelmed by that thought this spring, Nathan. I've been um, doing a lot of study uh-huh. on the the Trinity, and as I've been thinking about the incarnation, and then obviously throughout Lent. And then now going into Eastertide, thinking about um, Jesus's death and then resurrection and new life, going through deep patterns of thought about that at the same time that the flowers are blooming outside has, be- has almost overwhelmed me. Hmm. Like there, there have been days that I have looked out and seen the um, – the banks of flowers in my backyard or looked out my kitchen window as I do dishes, which happens often, um, <laughs> and seen like right before my eyes, I've been able to watch the progress of the trees as they have leafed out. There have been times that I have <laughs> just been almost driven to my knees. You know, it's like, wow. <laughs> Does that ever happen to you that that something will just kick such a thought inside you that there there's there's no other answer you just hit your knees mm. in worship right at that moment. Oh. 
So and I've the, been I have been overwhelmed with sort of new life thoughts this and, spring. And the the it, the tears come in that. Oh my word! I, I, well, you know me. I'm a crier from way back, but I. Um, I love oh, that about you. Oh, that's very kind. I'm glad you find it lovable. <laughs> um, there's an old hymn I that I love. Um, the title of which is "Is It for Me?" and um, haven't sung it in many years. But the chorus of that hymn says. Okay, let me see if I can say it without crying. <laughs> oh, Savior, my Redeemer, what can I but adore and magnify and praise you and love you evermore? Mm. And there just is no response sometimes other than adoration. Yeah. Doxology, right? That's so, good. Yeah. So, it's amazing to me how... If we'll if we'll stop and pay attention, we find that what Psalm 19 says is true. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. It, it's absolutely true. If if we'll give ourselves half a minute and spend some time in creation, you know, read the book of nature. I guess you could say yep. it. It really does lead to doxology you know mm-hmm. to to it it will lead you to reflect upon the glory of god mm-hmm. and um so that's good that's i've been doing a lot of that this spring <laughs> well how a minute ago you tied it into um eastertide and mm-hmm. incarnation and how how do then the, the flowers the book of nature how is that speaking to you in in, in the sense of resurrection and incarnation well, in my part of the country, there is a very um, discernible pattern of the season. Mm-hmm. So, one of the things I love about North Carolina is that we absolutely have four distinct seasons. And um, so, in the autumn, we, we can things shut down for the winter, and then we have a very stark winterscape, and then a, a really obvious coming back to life. New life in North Carolina is in abundant display. Mm-hmm. And the coming back to life part um, is, it, it is absolutely staggering if... Um, yeah, I realize that not everywhere is so blessed with with four distinct seasons, but here you can literally look out your window day after day after day, and what one day looks barren and lifeless, the next day will bear visible signs of new life, mm-hmm. and within a few days it has just burst forth in glorious array. This spring more than any other time, and I think it's because I've been really studying and kind of dwelling with these ideas of the Trinity. New life bursts forth. Mm-hmm. And part of it comes this spring because I had an interesting conversation with my youngest son. He turned 20. My youngest child <laughs> turned 20. I'm, I'm struggling just a little with the fact that I don't have any children anymore. What I have is grown-up people yep, yep. <laughs> whom I bore, right? Um But he was born in 1997 on Holy Saturday. 
and we were we were talking about the day of his birth this spring, and he said, "Isn't that nice for me? I was not born on Good Friday. I was not born on Easter Sunday. I was born on the one day when Jesus was actually dead." <laughs> <laughs> Not the day he died, not the day he came back to life, but the one day when for the whole day Jesus was in the grave and Hmm. I was born. And we laughed about that a little bit, but it made me really reflect on the fact that that on that day, Jesus, who had, you know, come to earth and who lives as a human being, really did allow himself to be subjected to death. Uh-huh. His, his, his body was, was dead in the grave so that death could be defeated. I, wow. It hit me with a ton of bricks this spring. That wasn't an optional thing mm-hmm. for Jesus. He, he, I mean, it was an optional thing in a way, but to pursue the purposes that the Trinity had set forth, it had to happen. Um, one of them had to come and live as one of us and fight all those battles, culminating in a battle against death mm-hmm. and um, and ultimately to win that battle. But the only way to get to the victory was to go through it. How is this so real to you in an emotional sense? I mean, I think for for many Christians to just kind of move through, you know, Holy Week and such, and, you know, we've heard the stories before and such, but there's something, I mean, is this like this for you every year? Is there something different this year? I think it has been different this year, and I think it, it has come, for me, largely through really trying to get my head around the idea of incarnation. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, and this has come late for me. When when I was growing up, the incarnation wasn't really anything we ever talked about. We certainly believed that, that Jesus had come to earth and lived as a man, but we never really talked about what, what it meant for God to take on flesh and to subject himself Everything that we are subjected to in our human lives, and then even to subject himself to the death of his body. I have found it to be um, almost overwhelming. And I say almost overwhelming <laughs> because I, I don't want to imply that it has driven me to my bed. But it has driven me to my knees, and that's not a bad place to be. Yeah, here, and, and in the midst of that, here are these beautiful flowers. Right, but they that you exactly, but they they have come about after the death of the year before. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. It, it's. Um, uh, I'll just go ahead and confess to you, I love perennials. I, I love to plant things that come back year after year. Mm-hmm. And I think this is why. It's like they, the ones from last year really did die, mm-hmm. right? They're gone. Mm-hmm. 
these are new flowers. This is new life. <laughs> it's, it's just the most wonderful thing. And if the flowers from last year had not died, the flowers from this year could not live. <laughs> it's um, that, that, that death being necessary has, has really, really honed in on me this mm, year. That's good. Yeah, I've, I've noticed this, uh, this year living in Florida, it's kind mm. of kind of one season. <laughs> I think we had oh, like a, right. a, a week of spring, maybe right, um, right. a week of fall in February. But I, I mean, that was one of the things living in Michigan that I really appreciated was you know the seasons coming and going and the kind of communal suffering of winter and then you know right. something new bursting forth. Right. Now I'm not going to complain too much, but um, not a no. <laughs> <laughs> Florida but, sounds pretty good, but it is helpful. To see kind of nature singing the resurrection story uh, right before our eyes. It is. And it has led me this spring. This is what happens. This has happened to you that that do you think in sort of stream of consciousness ways? Does one thing lead to another, which leads to another, which leads to another? Maybe that's Oh, That's sure. Me, I, I kind of bounce from one thing to the other and then get completely lost in my thoughts. But uh, yes. <laughs> um, even as I've watched all this new life unfurl out my window, I have noticed in myself that certain activities really bring life to my heart. Right? Okay. Uh, and I think that that's been particularly true this spring because I was working on a project. Um, I was working on a writing project that I really, really wanted to finish. Mm -hmm. And so I would say to myself, sit down, open your computer, and now create something beautiful, as as if I could order myself to do (laughs) that. Maybe other people can, maybe you can. Um, But so I would have a chunk of time. I would sit down under orders to create, and nothing would come. <laughs> it's like, hello, I've got this time. I must do this. Nothing would come. Okay. Um, and then I had a need to make something. So I, I had a, an express need to make a piece of furniture. Now, that may sound silly to you, but but I needed to make, of all things, a headboard, right? An okay. upholstered headboard, and it needed to be done, and um, I know how to do I've done it before. So Wait, you had was, to it, make a headboard? Just, uh, well, I, it, we, had, we needed a headboard. We needed an, an inexpensive headboard, and we needed one that could be completed pretty quickly, and... Um, the best choice was for me to make one. Okay. It's one of those things that is, is within my skill set. But it was fascinating to me, Nathan. I went to the fabric store to find fabric to make the headboard. And just walking in and looking for the fabric made me feel a little more alive. Hmm. And when I found the fabric that, that I knew would not only work well, but look really beautiful in the room, it's as if my, how to say this, I wasn't dead, but I could feel my heart rate pick up. 
<laughs> right? I, I was sort of in a stupor and just picking out the fabric. right fabric, just picking out the, right, but the right, you know, it yeah. was like the artistic juices started flowing. Okay. And then using that fabric to make the headboard and have it turn out the way I had pictured in my mind's eye filled me with this sense of well-being. It was astonishing almost. And I finished that and I was able to look at what I had created. And after that, I was able to sit down and write. Hmm. It was fascinating. Um it was as if I was trying to tap a well that was dry mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when I was just commanding myself to write. But when I let myself be involved in a creative process that just sort of carried me forward, mm-hmm. it brought my whole mind back to life in a different way. Hmm. Does that make sense? It does. It does. The creative process right. of picking out fabric. Right. Yes, that that burst forth. Such a simple thing, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. But it was something I hadn't done in a while. Uh-huh. I had forgotten how life-giving it was for me to create something. Yeah, yeah. I often think that creativity doesn't get maybe the respect it's due, or the uh, in, in terms of for the spiritual life. That creativity is so helpful, um, and this idea of God creating and that somehow we're these little creators. Um, but creativity so often, I think, in our culture is contingent upon quality. And if I'm not you know, good enough to do it or if it doesn't come out to be as you know, good as everybody else's, then it's a wasted process. But simple creativity is, I find, so helpful in the, in the spiritual life. You know, I think what you just said there is... Is really key, Nathan. It may, maybe it's just because um, there are now so many outlets for people to share the, the result of their creativity. But I think you're right. Creativity gets judged on on quality, even maybe on professionalism. Mm-hmm. Like if this is not as good as it could possibly be, it is not worthy. Mm-hmm. That's that's wrong-headed. <laughs> That's a wrong-headed notion, but I, I think you're right about that. We, we end up judging our own creative efforts as if the final product were the only thing that mattered. Right, right. And not that final product's not important and, you know, creating beautiful things and putting hard work in is important. But more important, I think, is just this process of, and, and I think I'd use the term co-laboring, that we're kicking something loose in us to where we're um, interacting with God. And I I almost think a prayerful way of making something, creating something. Um, And it is such great fun, too. It is. And don't you think it was fun for God? It is fun for God? (laughs) I mean, so the, the fact that He created us... To be creators is something that we lose sight of to to our peril, uh-huh. and you're right um, to the peril of our souls, yeah. right? And um, it is fun, and it, I think that when when you see a little child create something, and then the little child so wants to share that mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. you, right? Mm-hmm. I remember when your kids were little and they would draw you a picture, and it was as if the most important thing 
in their young life was to present that to you. They, yeah. they made that for you, right? Yeah. There's something really important there because in little children <laughs> who've not yet learned to be duplicitous, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, who have not yet become manipulative, who, who just have such pure hearts, yeah. there is that delight in being blessed and the desire to bless, yep. right? Yep. So, they are, they're blessed by having paper and crayons, and then they <laughs> want to bless you. It, it, it's, it, it's, um, it's a cycle that really is life-giving. You can't get past, too, that if we stick with the kid analogy and creativity, how that as parents, I mean, I don't judge you know, like go. Oh, why didn't you color in the lines, or why didn't you do it? I oh, mean, absolutely. I mean, it's just this. Like you, you made this for me. Wow, thank you. You know, exactly. Part of what makes it so beautiful is that their heart is in it, or their, you know, intention to bless someone is in it. And and I wonder how God views our endeavors in that way that we're trying to make something beautiful. You know, Nathan, I don't often hear an audible voice when God speaks to me. Um, In fact, I I don't guess I've ever heard an audible voice, but every now and then God will speak to me so clearly that it's as if I can hear a voice. And Mm. one time when that happened um, was because I was in the middle of creating something Mm. and I wanted to make it better. It, It felt as though... The gift I was creating wasn't good enough, hmm. wasn't impressive enough. And I very clearly heard God say to me, I called you to bless, not to impress. <laughs> and I think that's what little children understand without being told. Um, you're right, we don't judge their work. Mm-hmm. We accept it as a gift, because that's the spirit in which it's offered. And when I'm able to correct myself and remember that, that what I create is intended to bless mm-hmm. someone, mm-hmm. and it may or may not impress, but that's not the point, right. is it? it? Anything to pull us out of that sense of... I mean, perfectionism, or it has to be, you know, perfect, or, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, that just, it just kills the whole process, doesn't it? When we're mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. kind of trapped in that productivity or producing. Right. Uh, so that's not life-giving. <laughs> that's not life-giving. Uh, mm-hmm. I had it just uh, just the other day. Um, my youngest, Kai, he, he brought to me a lighthouse he made, and, and here I can show it to you. you know. Oh, Wow. And and he, um, I mean, just you know, it's out of paper and marker, and he's 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 eleven, and he, um, but he knew I w- we went to a lighthouse the other day, and he knew I was kind of into lighthouses, right? Because um, I was talking, I was trying to be the teaching parent about how helpful these, you know, this like save people's lives, right? This like right. beacon in the storm, and uh, but he then he just wanted to give this to me and bless, right? The, right. It reminds right. me of the Shakers. Did you have you ever been to a Shaker Village? I have. Oh, <laughs> it's one of my favorite places 
It probably is my favorite place in Kentucky. Yeah, is it? Um, I'm trying to think where it's Shaker. Harrodsburg. Harrodsburg, okay. And mm-hmm. the, one of the things that caught me with the Shaker, so, right, it's very simple, um, mm-hmm. but ornate, and I mean, just this kind of skill in it. One of the things that caught me was when they'd show you the back of a headboard mm-hmm. and, and how all this craftsmanship went into the backside of a headboard that would never be seen by anyone. Right. Except God. <laughs> exactly. And so, no, of, of course I need to put the same, you know, kind of time and skill into this because I'm making this for God, I guess. Is mm-hmm. that the idea that they... Well, what what was their saying? Put your hands to work and your hearts to God. Hmm. Wasn't that a shaker saying? Sounds like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because it is possible to to do creative efforts and not have our heart in it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I tend to think it shows, I mean, as a kind of wannabe uh, artist or like I I want to appreciate art and enjoy it. But to me, Mm -hmm. when there's a sense of the self put into it, a sense of one's heart, it just has a certain quality to it that seems different to me. I think so. There's the... There's an exuberance that that somehow translates that you know that that somehow the product of that kind of creativity ends up spilling out. Um, I guess it's it it's because it blesses, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The effort is blessed, mm-hmm. and the result is blessing. Mm-hmm. How do you work that in in terms of? I mean. I mean, we talked a few months ago on a podcast about the comparison and, you know, kind of getting caught up in how things compare to others and such. How do right. you jump into creative endeavors and try to keep it in that kind of purity of heart as a kind of spiritual act and, and not get lost in uh, producing? Well, I confess it's an almost daily battle for me. Um, so... It was one time I heard God's voice calling me to bless rather than to impress. Mm-hmm. But I have to remind myself of that almost daily because mm-hmm. um, it, it's so easy for me to fall into. And, you know, if your goal is to impress, then comparison is necessary. Mm-hmm. You've got to be better. Than the other guy, if you're going to be impressive, right? Mm-hmm. Or it's at least easy to think that way. Um, but when I start, like truly as part of my morning devotion, when I recenter myself, hearing God's voice calling me to bless others, mm-hmm. it makes a difference. But it, it is, um, as I said, an almost daily battle for me to remember that I'm not being judged mm-hmm. by any standard and that judging myself then has no place in my spiritual well-being. Mm-hmm. God loves me. I think often of the, um, the line that, that Jim Smith and his apprentice friends came up with, uh, mm-hmm. learning to see myself as one in whom Christ dwells and delights Mm -hmm. so i i i get my identity straight i get the love of god straight 
and then his desire for me to go forth in the sure knowledge of his love Mm -hmm. and to let that just flow out of me Mm -hmm. rather than going down the route of trying to earn favor. Mm -hmm. When Mm -hmm. I start trying to earn favor, I fall right back into that comparison trap, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it's almost a sense of now go play. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. And and that, I mean, creative endeavor spills beyond what we might traditionally think of as creating something, but um, in, in terms of how we relate to others and how we're uh, interacting with our world and the task and the people, um, there a sense of play, a sense of creativity in, uh, in all that certainly can, can be found. Do, do you think? I absolutely think. I think you're right. Have you ever watched someone? You probably have because your wife is so creative. Have you ever Mm. just paused to look at her face when she is involved in in playing music? Mm -hmm. Have have you ever just seen a joy there that, that spills out of her eyes? Yeah. Oh, she's, she goes somewhere else. Right. I mean, in in the best sense of the word, she's right. Exactly. Um, kind of moved into this very beautiful space. Right, like um, a kid on a swing. Right. <laughs> so I, I would imagine that God, more often than we would like to think, it, um, really is thinking. Oh, come on, kids, come out and play. You know? <laughs> well, and you you talked about the book of nature and. Um, I mean, sometimes I've, uh, I mean, I like nature and I'm, I mm-hmm. try to spend time every day in some capacity uh, in, in nature. And sometimes I'll kind of ask, why did you do that? What, mm-hmm. <laughs> what were you doing when you made that particular thing? <laughs> right, and, right. And I do, I feel this kind of smile of, you know, it's just, just playing. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, making something. Isn't that beautiful. a nice image? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, especially those yeah. things in nature that no one sees. That you know, you may be the only person who noticed that flower blooming or that mm-hmm. you know kind of cave in the land. And uh, did did you make that for me? Mm. Right, right. You mentioned um, uh, or at the beginning of our time here the Trinity and how helpful this has been to you lately. Could you say just a little about that? I have been smitten. <laughs> I, I think I, I, um, I confess that in my upbringing, mm-hmm. um, strong Christian upbringing, but the Trinity is, is just not something that we ever talked about. Mm-hmm. We were comfortable with the idea of God as Father, and with Jesus, the Son, we, there was never any mention of the Holy Spirit, and we never talked about the Trinity. Mm-hmm. And I have been, I think maybe I have lots of pent-up desire <laughs> to, to think about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I said I've been smitten. I have been smitten with the idea of the divine dance, mm-hmm. with the... Um, just immersing myself intellectually mm-hmm. and emotionally with this idea of the the perichoresis to to use that term the fact of 
the three persons deferring to one another mm-hmm. and um, working together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just, I, I, once again, I'm back on my knees, right? <laughs> right back to adoration. It is, it's a mind blowing concept, right? And, mm-hmm. but I, I need to have my mind blown. And this mysterious idea of Father, Son, and Spirit, always there, mm-hmm. always in this relationship of love, mm-hmm. always working together. And deferring to one another mm-hmm. and bringing our world into being and sharing that beautiful life with us, mm-hmm. that is just, a, it <laughs> is mind-blowing, but it is soul-stirring and life-giving to me as very few things have ever been, mm-hmm. so... I won't I don't claim to have a good intellectual understanding of it yet but the more I learn the more taken I am and I've come to feel that it's a real a real gift from the early church to us you know the the, the uh in the first few centuries they really had to spend some time working it out didn't they I mean they, we we know there is one god but the way in the scriptures Jesus talks about his father and there he is and he um, he talks about the Holy Spirit and, and all of this has to fit together and yet there is one God. Mm-hmm. So I've heard Chris Hall say in this uh, Trinitarian arithmetic, one plus one plus one equals one. <laughs> well, now that is mind-blowing, but... It's beautiful, isn't it? It is. The, yeah. um, the I mean, I think it gives us a really helpful relational example of exactly of a, a, a mutually submissive community, right? Deferring to a community of love and it, exactly, but always community, yeah. always relationship, and and then we're invited in. We're invited the in. Dance. The divine yeah. dance, huh? The divine dance, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's our picture when when we get to be little creators in Trinity. There you go. The right. divine dance with the Trinity. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you, um, thank you so much, Rochelle. This is this is helpful. Well, there you have it. If you'd like to hear more from Rochelle, you can read her work at her blog, ImpartingGrace.com impartinggrace.com Hey, a huge thank you to those of you who've been participating and helping me celebrate my dad's upcoming 75th birthday. I'm told the messages have been pouring in and I'm very excited as I'll get to sit down with them on his actual birthday, read through your uh, letters and messages and record a podcast together that uh, will be aired next week. So if you have a story that you're wanting to share, you have, we have until like tomorrow. So, uh, so there's that. And if you find this podcast helpful, I wonder if you'd be willing to go to iTunes and give it a review. As always, thank you for listening and I'll see you next week.